Do we want to start off? Yes. <laughs> hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. And this is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. Awkward trailer. <laughs> You're like that kid that got caught singing in public and he didn't realize that there were people around him. <laughs> yep, that's that's definitely me. That's you. <laughs> this case has gotten more attention uh, recently and I'll get to it eventually, but this case is not being reopened. So I'll get to that. And I am doing this a little bit differently. I didn't write down notes or I almost do bullet points for every other case. I'm just going to tell you this off of uh, memory from all the research that oh I've done. Oh my God, this is like Lil Wayne freestyling. <laughs> oh, I'm so stressed right now. I don't know how you guys do this with no notes. <laughs> I, I do have some notes, but the, the information, it's so much. It just stuck in my brain. I even, I was researching a couple nights ago and Kara was uh, gone. She came back in and I just word vomited the entire thing to her when I was really just going to ask her about something. Kara was part like, of it. I don't care. She's <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually made her, um, she, she was interested because I was posing all these questions and then all these what ifs. So, Get straight to it. This is a case of Tamla Horsford. And so some of the specifics. So this did happen in Forsyth County in Georgia. Okay. I was going to say, where is that? (laughs) And uh, this happened in November of 2018. So not too long ago. Okay. And tell you what I know. This mom, Tamla has a kid who's in the football team, and one of the other moms, Jan, she uh, asks her to come over to an adult sleepover. She's turning 45. She wants to have some ladies over at her house, but instead of, you know, getting dressed up, going out, figuring all the logistics of that, she's like, we're going to have a sleepover at my house, bring drinks, we're going to watch the football game that's on that night. I believe it was like LSU versus Alabama or something, but... Some of them are football moms, so they enjoy watching football, and that's cool. Now, there is some speculation on, like, or I've seen the questions posted. Mind you, I dove into this into Reddit, too. They're like, what 45-year-old woman has a sleepover? Um, I would. You know, in my head, I was just thinking, I will never do that when I'm 45. But you know I would. <laughs> I know you would. But I was like, I was literally like, but it's why not would they do that? that? Like this, it's not a huge, it's not like out of the realm of possibilities to want to have ladies over. And if they spend the night, they spend the night. Right? I mean, if, you, if your friends are too drunk and they end up sleeping on the couch or you have a spare bedroom, it's not that big a deal to have them sleep over. No, I guess not. So... There in total, uh, there is eight women okay. that are sleeping over. And some of these women know Tamla. Some of them don't. They run in different circles. Like I said, some of them are football moms together. Some of them are not. They're just friends of Jeanne, the birthday lady. And they're over together. Tamla, friends that on, on the night of the, uh, on November 3rd, I believe, they start trickling in around 7, and Tamla comes in around 8, 8.30-ish that night. 
brings Jeanne a bottle of tequila as her birthday present. Okay. And That's a great birthday present. Hell yeah. Any, I am in support. <laughs> you can bring me that just to say happy Saturday. I don't <laughs> care. I will take it. They, uh, Jeanne was not a tequila drinker. So she told Tamla, thank you, but I'm, I probably won't drink it. They're probably drinking other mixed drinks and wine, but... So she's a vodka kind of lady. I, you know what? If you're not tequila, kind, I'm just kidding. We don't got time for <laughs> you. Got, nope. This house is a tequila house. So, yeah, it's a shot for entry. <laughs> so, um, Tamla, like any other good tequila drinker, I would do the same if I brought you a bottle of tequila and you didn't want to drink it. I'd be like, crack that shit open. I'll drink it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's exactly what Tamla did. Good she started drinking from the very own tequila bottle that she had brought her over and they had had a a pot of gumbo for okay. dinner that night now we know that there's short videos i don't they kept calling them short videos i don't know if any of these women had like snapchat or i don't know what else was around 2018 but they had short videos of uh for example at one point they were playing cards against humanity in in the living room okay so they were having fun they were you know they were all partying together so basically there's some social media documentation of what's happening yes i don't know that it was posted on social media but there was some digital footprint of what was happening Uh, so up until this point, everyone's having fun, everyone's having drinks, and there is pictures of Tamla with other women in the house, smiling, happy, taking selfies together. There's also a picture of Tamla on someone while they're in a recliner. Like, uh-huh. in a, I see it like as in a funny way. I don't know how, what led up to that situation, but like, mm-hmm. a, either I'm going to give you like a you know, a strip show or something like you do with your friends when you're drunk. I, you know it's what I mean? It's a woman that she's with? Yes. Okay. Speaking of women, there are three men in the house. Okay. They're in the basement, though. They're watching the same game. But they're letting the women do the thing Because it's up a boy-girl party. Right. Okay. They do come up, the guys, mm-hmm. at around halftime of the, of the football game. Uh-huh. And the reports say that the guys found food and they stayed. <laughs> so they ended up staying and mingling and I'm sure chopping it up with the ladies. That seems likely to me. Right. Yep. So. Where there is food. Exactly. Men will go. And to paint the picture a little bit of where this is happening in, in the house and the layout, directly from the living room, kitchen area, which are kind of con- connected, open concept. There is a door. <laughs> there is a sliding door that goes out to a, a fairly big patio. It's, well, a deck, I guess. Um, yeah. It Although it's the ground floor, as you're coming in through the front of the house, it's it looks like a, it's as high up as a second floor on the back of the house because it's on a hill. Okay. Okay. So... There is reports, and here's something funny that I found, and this is typical, normal to some extent, that the differences, are there, there is going to be differences in how things are reported, right? Mm-hmm. So I found some reports that there were multiple women, or party goers, yeah. that were going out to this patio to smoke. 
mm-hmm. to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And to smoke weed. Okay. Okay. Keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. So some women start saying their goodbyes, you know, 10, 30, 11. They have to go back to their babysitters, whatever. You know, they, they've had their fun. They were there for the birthday party. They're going to go back home. They, they're either having, at this point, rides pick them up or taking Uber, Lyfts, whatever. Yeah. One of the last women to leave, she said, and this is at around, around midnight, mm-hmm. she says that she sees Tamla in the kitchen island having a bowl of gumbo and says goodbye to her, says goodbyes, and leaves. Okay. So, as at that point, she's almost the last person to see Tamla alive. Everyone goes to sleep. Everyone that did stay the night goes to sleep. I don't believe there was more than four people of the entirety of 11 or 12 that were there that night that actually spent the night. It was Jeanne, her her boyfriend, and Jeanne's aunt who live in the basement apartment, a full finished apartment downstairs. So a lot of people that just lived there. So those three at the very least. Um, there is at least one other woman that left at 4.30 in the morning because she had to go to work. Okay. And we know this. It was and, her. And, <laughs> and I'm certain on the timestamps because Jeanne, the homeowner, has a security system that every time a door is open, it gives her an alert on her phone. Okay. Door closed or open at such and such time. You such get a timestamp time. alert. Right. So yeah. we know at 4.30 in the morning, someone opened the door to leave the front door, closed the front door. That was the lady that left to go to work. Okay. Now, the next morning, so this was November 3rd at, at, at midnight, basically November 4th, they, the aunt who lives in the basement apartment, and I found two different stories on this. And this is where it starts to get fishy. There's a okay. lot of differences of, or inconsistencies of how things are being reported and this is part of the controversy that's behind this case okay so the aunt who lives downstairs i believe her name is madeline she there is reports that she got up got showered i believe she either uh, had some type of breakfast or from the report it sounded like maybe she had like a kitchenette down in the basement and she fixed herself some type of breakfast okay and then Again, this is the first story, that she looks out the window. Her basement window would look out to the ground floor. Okay. Towards the backyard. Mm-hmm. Sees Tamla face down on the grass. She said that she got down on her knees, said a prayer, and then went upstairs to alert Jan and her boyfriend, Jose Barrera. I mean, it is Georgia, but... <laughs> I mean... I doubt. What? Yeah, you got down to... Yeah, no. Right. So that's, No, you go and check and see if she's okay. It, right. Because if I saw somebody going pound town on a bottle of tequila, I would think she's passed out. Mm-hmm. My first instinct isn't to hit my knees and pray. I'm like, and oh, girl, you got sloppy last night. The first... and And along with that first story, it says that... That happened at around 7.30 a.m. Keep that in mind. Okay. The second account of details mm-hmm. are that Madeline went 
did her breakfast morning routine, stepped outside to the backyard, and looked in that direction, saw Tamla on the on the floor face down, and then went and told Jeanne and her boyfriend. Okay. The police call, or the 911 call, came in shortly before nine. What? Right. So, here's the thing. It was daylight savings night. Okay. So that might account for the time difference. Oh, so if she looked at the clock and said it was 7.30, it might have been actually 8.30. Exactly. Okay, if she hadn't changed her clocks. So when the 911 call came in, which I believe was 8.49, this is off memory. Yeah. It was, depending on who you're asking, 19 minutes after they found the body or an hour and 19 minutes after they found the body, right? Still too much time if you're asking A me. lot of time. I'm sorry. What? Even 19 minutes 19 is minutes. Long. I mean, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't seem like a long time. But ni- I mean, two minutes is a long time. Yeah. So I'm going to play the call for you. Do you know if she was suicidal at all? 
I have no clue. I've met her one other time. Um, you know, like my girlfriend said, people were over last night. <clears throat> um, just, we were at, she was, her birthday party, we we're not the woman that we believe to be deceased, but it's my girlfriend's birthday party. Instead of having everybody go out, she had everyone stay in. And she was the last one I saw before everybody, I mean, everybody was typically put off to bed. She was the last one in the kitchen. She was just either waiting around for a ride or waiting until the morning. Okay. How far is the, um, where she would have fell from, how far is the deck from the ground? Um, I would probably say... Maybe 20 feet. Okay. You know, 20 feet from where your feet would be on the railing. The railing itself is maybe three and a half, four feet. Okay. And what is her name? Uh, I know her name. We call her Tam. I'm assuming that's short for Tammy or Tamra. Was she there with anyone else? Tam Horsford, H-O-R-S-F-O-R-D, so the black female. Um, I don't believe anybody was. Uh, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check. Okay. That I think would have caught the incident if she fell from here. Again, I, I, true, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say if she fell from from the deck or if she was already downstairs. She was the only Hold on one smoker second. here and I'm sorry. I so you think she was possibly out um, smoking? Yeah, she was she was the only smoker. I mean I'm I'm on the back deck right now and, you know, cigarettes lighter I type the finger out here. Um okay. so I'm just trying to see where on our list kind of came from. All right. Um, have are all the people that were there last night? Are they still at your house? Uh, okay. Okay. There are four people that were here last night that are no longer there. Okay.
and go through the house, or does he need to walk around the back? Um, they they can go around to the to the side. I'm gonna grab my shoes and then I'll direct them when they get here. No, it, it it'll be easier for them because she's laying in the yard down basically on the patio downstairs. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Where should we start? So much to say. <laughs> Their demeanor is the first thing that everyone talks about. You know, I told Kara, I don't know how many fucks would come out of my mouth. Well, okay. So, uh, what is her name? Jean? Jean? I think she said her name was Jean. Jean, yeah. So, J E A N N E. I thought she was relatively calm but there seemed to be an ounce of panic there but he gets on the phone and he is cool as a cucumber if not annoyed at all the stuff that he has to do like at one point did you hear him actually exhale yes when she told him to go like can you go and check and make sure she's breathing and he's like (sighs) yeah Uh uh-huh also i did find it interesting that she asked what her name is and he says tam and then spells her last name and then says she's a black female mm-hmm. that's not the question nope no it's not nope. and i that would never come to my mind as like so for instance if something happened to you yeah as somebody that is a minority or a person of right non-black person of color i would never say her name is fatina last name She's Hispanic. Why don't you throw gay in there? You should, she's, you should just throw that in she's there. She's a gay Hispanic. Yeah. Um, that would never be the first thing out of my mouth. I'd be like, her name is Fatina. This is how you spell her last name. Right. There, there, okay, so, yeah. I There's there's so many legs I want to, like, there's so many things I want <laughs> to. Throw gay in there. <laughs> right. Just, just throw gay in there. Um, so, one of the, one of the first things, um, obviously, is their demeanor. Not to uh, excuse anything, but to make sense a little bit about his demeanor. He does have a law enforcement background. Right. Okay. So the description, I think, is almost uh, automatic for him. Well, I don't know. But because when you call 911, I'm sorry, I've called 911 several times. They're like, you know, do you know what? The, how, but how old they are? What are they wearing? Are they are they black, right. Hispanic, white? Like what are they? But why would you leave out all those other details? True, and not her race. Yes. So I will. I have to go into what he's done, and okay. because he goes beyond just being the boyfriend in the house and mm-hmm. being the person who takes over the nine one one calls. So Jose Barrera is John's uh, boyfriend. I'm assuming live-in boyfriend. Okay. That's irrelevant. But he does have a a background in, uh, what did I call it? In law enforcement. Law enforcement. And during the time of this, uh, 
I don't remember the specific name of his position, but from what I gathered, what he did, he, I think he was like a bailiff at the time. So, you know, so, um, then I retract my understanding of his calmness. Right. Because he wasn't actually showing up to crime scenes. There's a difference. True. That's true. Between being told about it and hearing about it and seeing photos and actually being part of one. Being part of it. There's a huge difference. And they, um, going back to, uh, I took this apart. Yeah, I believe it. The smoking thing. Yeah. By the accounts of other people there, she was not the only smoker. I don't know why he pointed that out or said that she was the only smoker. That she was the only one going out. Her belongings were found in the house. Yeah. And... In part of her belongings were her her purse, I think a change of clothes, mm-hmm. and there was also her wallet, and somewhere somewhere in her purse there was a, a, a bag of weed, okay, a small amount. Okay, okay. Is marijuana legal in Georgia? I don't. Or was it during know. this time? I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that the Bible Belt would be necessarily progressive I- on. I will put this out there only because, well, A, we don't know, and it's one of the speculations that is out there, and I think it should be looked into more, just like almost every other aspect of this of this case. Uh, but can some Google it. Right. But some believe that maybe that weed was planted in her purse after the fact. Interesting. And... I don't know how to spell marijuana. I'm trying to Google it. <laughs> marijuana. Become legal in... Georgia. Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was not planned. That was surround sound. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. That made me so happy. You have no idea. (laughs) Cannabis in Georgia is legal in terms of possession and consumption as of July 30th of 2018. This happened November so it was 2018. Legal. It just had become legal. It had just become legal. But I think uh, the the connotation of someone, uh, I I don't even know the full extent of why this idea was thrown out there. Uh-huh. Maybe I just don't understand it. On they like they just wanted to paint her in a, in a different light. That's what the speculation is. So ultimately, as tactless as this is going to sound, the thought is. Put the weed on the black person. Right. Okay. Yes. Got it. So. That's not what I'm saying. That's what they're saying. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying what everybody's (laughs) implying. That's one of the aspects of that. And then there's also, um, it's been brought up that it's just curious, if anything, if nothing else, that he points out exactly where her pack of cigarettes is, where her butts were at. Yeah. And where her lighter was at. And there was nothing else um, there. Like, they were all, like, in, in one place on, uh-huh. the, on the patio. I noticed that he, when she says, how high up is the deck? He says 20 feet. The railing is about three to four feet. So if you're standing, if your feet are on the railing, and I'm like, how, are you implying that she got up on the railing and jumped off the railing? They jumped to that conclusion, no pun intended, like within a second of calling the damn nine one one. Like that doesn't even make they sense. They jumped to the conclusion of suicide, and yes, that was the first assumption or question from the nine one one. Like, is she suicidal? Like, almost, I'm sure, probably protocol to ask if someone is dead under 
something not obvious, like a gunshot wound or something that didn't look like murder by first look. Like, I think it's protocol to ask, like, are they suicidal? You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. So she, the, the 911 posed that question, and but then the, the Jan's like, it looks like she jumped off the balcony. Like, what? What made you think that? I mean... If like for me, I, I, when I heard it had a railing, I was like, okay, well, obviously she didn't fall off the balcony. Then it has a railing. It uh-huh. never occurred to me that she would have jumped off the deck until he said her feet. If she was standing on the railing, I was like, wait, it's the fuck? Very odd thing to say. Exactly. So, the police come out. Yeah, we we heard the end of the call when uh, the police came up to their to their house. No ambulance show up. Okay. No paramedics show up. So the police announce her dead. Pronounce her dead. So no one came in to check, double check, like vital signs to check anything else. Can police do that? They did. I thought you had to have a medical license to do that. It gives me chills. They did. I I legitimately thought you had to have a medical license to do that. They um, make it a crime scene. Eventually, they call the coroner. They take very minimal pictures of the crime scene. And they interview those that are in the house. They also tell everyone who has left the party to please come back to the house so they can be interviewed. And one of the controversial parts of this is that it didn't get media any news attention when mm-hmm. it happened and not all murders do mm-hmm. or that's true not all of them do but well i guess i'm saying murder but not all deaths do right but a 40 year old woman you think there would be some news reports on it especially in a small town yeah okay so on the call jose says He's the last person to see her alive. Uh-huh. He says he's the last person to see her alive before they went to bed. Uh-huh. Before him and Jan left to bed. He also said that he saw her and in the kitchen and that he thought she was either waiting for a ride or waiting till the morning. He didn't know. Again, this is in the call. Mm-hmm. I understand. Crazy situation. He might have said something that's not 100% right because of, you know, what's going on. But that's a huge difference to what is on the actual police report and what he told the police. He told the police that when he last saw Tam, she was in the kitchen and she was getting ready to go out to the patio to have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. And they said their good nights and she said she would be back in. They already had established that she was staying in one of their boys' rooms. Okay. So... That's completely different from, I don't know if she was waiting for a ride or not. Right. And it seems like they had gone through a lot of effort to make sure everybody was either safe. Right. In how they were getting home or they Mm -hmm. were staying there. So the idea that this one person, her decision on whether to stay or go is tossed up in the air doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And not everyone's on the same page, especially the homeowners. Right. Exactly. So... That's one of the inconsistencies that I found during the police report and this 911 call. Now, I'm going to get into 
her body and the actual death, the cause of death. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. When are we going to talk about the camera? Oh, yeah. That motherfucker said something about the camera. Right. Right? Okay. Uh, I'll get to it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thank you for reminding me. Okay. So, the police get there. They put together a sketch, uh, a rough sketch about what happened. I'll try my best to tell you to explain how her body was laying. It is important. Okay. Okay. So, the way that Tamla's body was found, mm-hmm. she was face down. She, and it's important to say, everyone else knows it, it's in the pictures. She's wearing a one-piece pajama suit, like a, like a onesie. Okay. It's white primarily. I've seen the picture, yeah. Right. It's white primarily with paw prints on it. Super cute. All right. With a hoodie that has little dog ears on it. I say that because it's also in the autopsy report. She is found face down. Her head is away from the house. Her feet are towards the house. Both of her feet are pointing to her right. Okay. Okay. Her left arm is out from her body and at about a, her elbows at about a 90 degree angle. So the palm of her left hand is towards her head and her right hand, her right arm is next to her body about six inches out. Okay. Okay. Now in the phone call... Are there photos of this? Yes. Okay. In the phone call, Jose is asked, is there any blood? Right? The 911 mm-hmm. operator is trying to get as much information as possible. He only points out the blood on her right wrist. I'll show you the pictures. We'll post the pictures. Uh, here, I'll just show Anything you. that falls under super graphic is going to go in the group. So if you haven't already joined it, that is the time. true. Uh, yeah, because this is an Instagram or Facebook. This is likely to go into the group. Mm-hmm. So if you have the stomach, then you're my best friend and join the group. <laughs> so on her right wrist, her wrist is dislocated. Okay. There is a laceration that looks to be coming from the inside. Mm-hmm. So from the inside out. Okay. So it, it looks like it's bone sticking out. Okay. Okay. Here's okay. the picture. That's her wrist. Okay. Her right wrist. You can see there's a ponytail on it, just a regular black ponytail holder, and the sleeve of her onesie. That's the only thing he points out. Very interesting to note that the coroner, eventually when they showed up, um, her face was not to the left or to the right. It was straight down. Okay. Again, Full autopsy report. We'll post this on the group. No fractures on her nose. Her nasal cavity is perfectly intact. If she'd fallen and hit her face with that kind of force. There'd be something. Yeah. Yeah, there would. There'd be something. You would either try and avoid hitting your face. Right. Or. But I don't think you'd land straight down. On your face. On your, like the front of your face, guys. Not one side or the other. it's November. The ground is cold. Yes. And I have pictures of the grass as well. It's, I don't know if there was a recent snow melt or 
rained or what have you, but it's it looks like wet grass, wet dirt. Okay. So that's very interesting. Yeah. That's not brought up a lot. Okay. It's definitely in the autopsy report, though, that she is... Face or the coroner's report. She is face down. Okay. She has lacerations on over the right side of her eyebrow. Okay. Her C2 is broken. Okay. So that's the cervical part of your neck. Well, cervical is your neck, duh. Okay. But, uh, the cervical, uh, what is it, two, C, oh, God, what am I calling it? Cervical joint, two. It's the second one down. Two other things. There is some lacerations on her shins. Mm-hmm. And there is a ruptured ventricle. That's a lot of injuries. I can't necessarily picture somebody hurting their shins diving off of a so, deck. And I'm looking at pictures of the deck right now. Oh, here, I'll, I'll show you some better ones. That make a whole lot of sense to me. So here is a picture of the corner and the sheriff standing over the balcony over her dead body. Yeah, so these guys are probably, I'm going to assume, right around six feet tall. And the, th- the railing comes up to their waist. Mm-hmm. Like, she would have really had to That's what Karen and I were talking about. There. I'm like, if she... Okay, so we'll, we'll explore those options here in a minute. But Okay. I've just seen the yard. Yes. Yeah. So you see that wood there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're saying that's what the, the shins hit. And then what? She bounced? Right. That that's exactly the conversation we were having. And then what the fuck she was bounced five feet? Exactly. There's markers on where her body was found. We have the full report that marker one is the top of her head. So she would have had to bounce at least from where her shins last ended up at to where they're saying she got these lacerations on her shin, like a good three feet. She would have had to project forward. Mm-hmm. And no injuries to her knees. There, yeah. Because I'm looking at this view here. Yeah, the I was view, looking at that. What one. the view from the balcony would have been. Right. And I think so. These yellow markers are her feet at the bottom. Yes. Okay. So she would have had to fall. <laughs> There's literally over no way her balcony. shins would have hit the ground. Exactly. There. She would have had to go over the balcony, under the balcony, land and then on her knees forward. Or land on her shins or whatever they're saying. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. It makes no sense. It's, it, <laughs> it is physically impossible. Se- exactly. I'm not very good at geometry and algebra and uh, physics, but the there, math on here is not adding up. No. The three things that really bother me. Face being completely straight down. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Right. The hand, Her right arm being six inches away from her body. If you're falling and you're bracing... And would account for that fracture on her wrist. I think that's like the brace. Yeah. That's what they're saying it is. But then your arm wouldn't go next to you. No. You'd probably, you know, I don't know, but you wouldn't be laying straight down flat with your arm next to you. No, it wouldn't come down to your side. sense. There is records and there's screenshots that the security alarm or security system that Jeanne has in her house... There's a lot of activity on that security system. I saw the uh, notifications. Okay, yeah. There are people moving so, around that <clears throat> night. Here's a timeline. 1.39 a.m., garage door opens. 1.40, garage door closes. 1.40, garage door opens. 1.47, front door opens. 
147, front door closes. Back door opens at 149. Back door closes at 150. Back door opens again at 157 a.m. And then the front door is open at 410. Right. So the 157 is where they're linking this of her going out into the balcony. Because the back door is never closed after that. Exactly. The garage door is never closed either after 140. Right. And no one's ever talked about that. I saw that too. And I'm like, there's a lot of things that are still not a lot of doors explained open here. or talked about. So there's that timestamp of the doors. Yeah. So they're saying that she went out around 157 or, you know, in the morning and uh-huh. didn't close the door behind her. And that's when this quote, air quote, accident happened. Yeah. The camera. He says it on the 911 recording. And then I tried as hard as I could. The best I could find was a screenshot of her camera system. And I also, because Georgia has a public records Mm -hmm. uh, that you can request them and you can see everything. The only time they talk about these cameras, the officials are to say, we saw them, there's nothing on them. Excuse me? What do you mean there's nothing exactly. on Exactly. He literally says, we have a camera system here. Like, it'll show what happened. Exactly. I know. We're looking at each other, guys. It's it's. I have literally no nuts. words. You have... What do you mean it shows... So, show it. Tell us one way or another what the fuck happened. If she fell, then by golly, just show me the video. We'll know it's an accident. You know what? Things happen that when makes you're me drunk. Think that the cameras are pointed at the balcony, and there's nothing that happens on the balcony, which means something happened on that ground level. Maybe. But then you would think you'd have cameras down in that yard. Right. Well, something that would probably record at least something, some movement. Mm-hmm. But nothing. They couldn't, they just said there was nothing on the video. Not that the video what? was missing. Not that there's a glitch in the video and that, you know, then we have a situation where there there's... Then you should be able to rule out suicide. Exactly. If there's nothing on the video, you should have been able to rule that out. Right. But clearly... Her autopsy report shows she had a 0.283 alcohol blood level. Maybe. <clears throat> which, you know, media is quick to report. It's three times the legal dr- limit for driving. Yes, that's the legal limit for driving. That doesn't mean that she everyone's... Wasn't right, she wasn't driving. That doesn't mean she was anything illegal. But they just keep putting that out there like, you know, that's the reason. That's the reason. Or Did a she show reason. marijuana in her system? Have they said? Yes. She did. Okay. She did. So she had three things in her system. Alcohol, marijuana, and a... And this is important. I think it's important. Because all the media outlets, all the news reports say Xanax, 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 Xanax. Look at the autopsy report. I plead with you. Please look at the autopsy report. It says it's a minimal amount. Like the bare minimum for it to trace it. So like she might have taken Xanax that morning or the night before? Maybe. Because it says that for it to say 100% like she had it in her system and it was active or whatever, the, the minimal dose is 25 micrograms. Okay. And she didn't even have that in her system. So 
The point being is that she wasn't using it as a party drug. Correct. Okay. And they just, you know, they the media keeps putting this out. Like, she had this cocktail of, you know, yeah. drugs and alcohol in her system. And that led up to this accident. Mm-hmm. The cause of death on her death certificate is acute ethanol intoxication. That is the cause of her death. I'm sorry. What about the injuries? Alcohol poisoning is her cause right. of death? What? Right. Right. This is her death certificate right here. Now I understand why people are so outraged about this one. Exactly. So it does say multiple blunt force injuries, but the actual cause of death on her death certificate is acute ethanol intoxication. Okay. So, no, it was not her being drunk drunk that killed her. Let's be clear. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've been over 0.23 I've seen you over 0.2, whatever. (laughs) Um... It wasn't the Xanax. Right. So here's my question. One of the big reasons that this is like becoming a media, this is reignited in the media is because, correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I don't know a lot about this case except for the pictures I've seen and now what you're telling me. But she was the only person of color at what was, appears to be an all white party, right? Yes. Okay. So... My understanding is that there are theories that maybe she was targeted as a person of color. I had to look into that a lot. Okay. And I think, how do I say this? Well, that's what I'm wondering is... So, the the issue with this is, is that not only because she was black... Right. But because she was black at an all-white party, the women in the house whatever happened leading up to her death mm-hmm. or whatever actually happened was never investigated thoroughly. Okay. So that was so my that's question. the issue. So my question was, are people outraged because they feel like she was targeted because of her skin color or that this wasn't investigated thoroughly because of her skin color? The latter. The latter. Okay. The latter. Got it. And that a lot of people in this party at this house that were at this house have a lot of ties to the community to, it's a small town, mm-hmm. so they probably, I don't know it because I couldn't find it. A lot of people's names have been left out of the media yeah. just because they have, they have received death threats. But the, the outrage is that it was a haphazard investigation yeah and you can't tell me that tamala was going back and forth back and forth back and forth all around that house she was in the garage out the front door out the back door back in the garage like she's just exploring the house before she crawls up on the railing and jumps off of there yeah like there's somebody in that house that knows exactly what happened exactly and that's what's driving me nuts And and it might be the camera And I was going to say, and there's a camera that apparently tells us everything. And if nothing else, it will tell us that she didn't jump off the railing and they aren't saying that. Right. Or if she did, or if she fell, one thing, we'll show you pictures of the railing, guys, but that railing is right at hip height and it's a big, thick ass handle rail. Yeah. Handrail. That has... You would bruise the fuck out of your hips if you tripped on something hit the rail went over mm-hmm. you would bruise your hips you would it would at least be red well and it's got 
iron vertical barriers on it. So, like, it wasn't like she slipped through the middle there. She had to actually physically crawl on top of it. Yes. And I'm a tall woman. And I would have had to, like, get knee up on that thing. Like, possibly pull a chair over to be able to get up on there. Yep. Like, you would have actually had to, like, hoist yourself up. They pronounced her time of death at 10.47 a.m. Although the autopsy report places her time of death at around 1.30 a.m. Which is before... All the activity in the house. The door was left open. About 27 minutes before the door was left open. This is absolutely bonkers So it's about 20 minutes that are not... Fitting. And they had closed this case. Oh, they absolutely closed it. As soon as her autopsy report came out, the autopsy report ruled it a an accident mm-hmm. because of her injuries. And they closed it. The family had gotten an attorney at this point to represent them in this case or to look into this case. So the closing of the case came as an absolute blindside. To the attorneys, to the family, to the friends, to the whole community, it was a complete blindside that they were closing it. Now I understand the outrage. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Because that's bananas. Uh Uh-huh. That they would be like, all right, cool, yeah, alcohol poisoning, let's call it a day. That's it. Right. What? There's a lot more to investigate. Another thing I must say, her onesie. Yeah. We can see the pictures. It's it, prominently a white, white in color. Yeah. <laughs> no dirt on it, except for a mark on her butt. What? what? Have we seen where her body was laying? Face down. If you came down from a balcony, you would have fucking mud on your also, thing. Also, there's dirt in front of the wood thing that mm-hmm. they said she hit her shins off of. So if she fell under the balcony, hit her shins, and then bounced off of that into the yard, she probably would have picked up some dirt along the way. Right. Again, I look at everything. There is a picture that I'll show you here in a bit. Again, I keep plugging it. But we're going to post it because I want you guys to see everything that I saw. There is a picture of a propane tank Mm -hmm. that it's up on the balcony it's not attached to a barbecue or a heating lamp or anything it's just sitting there next to the balcony next to the railing Mm -hmm. the crime scene investigators took note of this because on the what would be the left side of it if you're looking at the balcony Mm -hmm. is completely wiped clean okay so that could be her sitting on it that's how I interpret that. I've seen enough episodes, though, of Law & Order to know that you should be able to fingerprint a railing and be able to determine, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. If she somebody's got, getting on that. There. If she got on that? Yeah, she, <gasps> they would be able to fingerprint that and see that she actually, oh, like, got on there. I didn't even think of that. If she got on there... I'm sorry, that's both yeah. hands. You put up a foot, you put up another foot. There should be yeah. some kind of indication that there, she, she did that. She probably would have held on to that post exactly. there. They didn't even fingerprint that. It's nuts. So I have a theory. I don't like to I don't like to give theories in these kind of situations because A, I don't want to be the source of anybody being targeted unjustly. But let's say 
that there was someone in the house, mm-hmm. possibly of male persuasion. Okay. Not going to say who. But There's three men in this house. But well, potentially somebody that stayed relatively calm. Or <laughs> the likes. And whether or not there was some type of altercation, some type of attempt at something, some type of rejection or something, that would at least explain the back and forth in the house mm-hmm. if she was moving rooms trying to get away from him. And would explain why so many doors are opening and closing as two people are entering and exiting trying to get away. Yeah. Someone's trying to get away. Another is following that kind of thing. Yeah. And things don't go as planned. And one party gets aggravated and agitated and backs into a railing, backs into a railing or something downstairs happens near the garage or something like that. And that is the railing doesn't play its part in any of it. Your theory is actually pretty good. Because and and also I haven't heard any other theories because everyone's just uh, you know talking about the the outrage of how this wasn't investigated well, but I don't think people have taken the time to think. Well, what the fuck did happen? Also, we're so, talking about somebody that allegedly has close ties to judges and attorneys as someone that at one point served as a bailiff in a court of law. So, speaking of Mr. Jose Barrera, not yeah. to tarnish his reputation Again, allegedly. He, no, well, on this is not allegedly. Okay. He tarnished his own reputation. Okay. While the investigation was still open. Yeah. He used his credentials to go look at the file. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I know. Oh, yep. To see if they were on he was, him? He was fired. Good. He was fired. I don't know what his intent was to do to look at the files. But we can speculate. We can speculate the fuck out of it <laughs> it just seems odd to me oh absolutely that, like you know being in that line of work that that is super unethical yeah and you you're know. curious for one reason you if you know you are absolutely not guilty in anything then you should trust the system the same system that you work for right I'm also still really struggling with the fact that these people clearly have a state-of-the-art security system with door alarms and cameras, and we're all sitting here scratching our head going, I just don't know what happened. Right. You can't, no, you can't tell me you don't know what happened. That's why you have all of those things is so you know what happens. You know exactly what happened. Yeah. Someone knows. Someone has to know. Those cameras know. Oh, here's the propane tank. Okay, so she was like almost sitting on the top of it. That's what I'm thinking. And I think that's, if anything, that's where the dirt on her butt came from. Huh. So, the people that have rallied behind getting this back into the spotlight and Mm -hmm. getting this back into what is now an open case as of this week, again, because the sheriff saw the community or communities getting, you know, they saw the outrage, the uproar. Um, They have brought up the history in Forsyth County. Okay. Back in 1912, there was a young white woman named May Crow who was raped by three young black men. Mm-hmm. They were all lynched. Oh. This was 1912. Yeah. And Did they actually rape her? 
I don't know the full case. Okay. That is... So we find out so often that that's not what ended up actually happening. Right. But um, regardless of what happened in that actual incident, here's what came of it, though. Yeah. So these three men were lynched. And as a result of that, I believe 1,000, I think a little shy of 2,000 black citizens in that county were ran out. Sheesh. And that happened in February, the lynching. Mm-hmm. And by September, there was no more black people in that county. Okay. It stayed that way for 75 years. Jesus, what? So up until 1987, where there was some protest from some organizations to keep Forsyth County whites only... And these were huge protests with 20,000 plus people. I know. It was huge. In 1987? 1987. Holy smokes. Right? That is absolutely appalling to me that people are protesting to keep a county white. So. So what you're telling me is that there's a lot of racial tensions. Yes. In this county. At least there used to be. What I, from like what I can't say. Be. Right. Because it's so recent that yeah. I think it's fair to say that this doesn't I mean, go away some of the people years. that are protesting back in 1987 are, are still residents today. there. Yeah. Right. And probably protesting today. So Oprah did go to Forsyth County. And I will say this. I saw a lot of reports on this and saw a lot of videos on this. Uh, Forsyth. Georgia, not to be confused with Forsyth County, because it's Forsyth County where this happened. So that's a city in of itself, different than Forsyth. So two different. Okay, got it. Once Forsyth. Okay. Uh, She, Oprah, back when. Miss Oprah Winfrey. That's right. Went down to Forsyth County. And she went down to Georgia. Oh, she did. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Okay. (laughs) I see what you did there. Okay. So she went down to Georgia. And she did an entire live show with the community of Forsyth County. And Mm -hmm. you, I mean, it was just like a jury. It was an entire cross-section of the community. You had the leader of, let's keep this county white Mm -hmm. person. And you had people who are like, I would love to have people, uh, you know, of other races, of other colors be in my community. I don't mind it. But at the same time, I might be afraid to invite them over because of threats that I will get. Right. Um, It was, at that point, still known as a sundown county. What is a sundown county? So there are signs uh, that would say, if you're black, don't be caught here after sundown. What? Uh, Yeah. So uh, apparently this was a thing. I didn't know. I have no idea. So this was known as a sundown city, county. What happened if you were there after sundown? Kick your ass. They'd kill you. Jesus. Right. So um, all that to say, not saying this is... Still a racist town, but like I said, people, I mean, this happened still so recently in 1987 where people were still having protests to keep this place all whites that it's very, 
very, very safe to assume that some of those very same protesters might still be in that town. And some of those issues are obviously not resolved in just 20 years or exactly. whatever. Especially in a, in a bubble that mm-hmm. they're in. So... You know, Oprah did a really interesting social experiment mm, with uh, the eyes. Yes, mm-hmm. you saw that. I've seen that. She had a psychiatrist, psychologist, or whatever yeah. come in and pretend to be an expert in eye colors or whatever, and they She's convinced like, you can't judge me by the color of my eyes. So yeah. she convinced the audience that, for all of you who haven't actually seen it, she yeah. convinced the audience that people with blue eyes uh-huh. were elite, uh-huh. that they were smarter that they were more inclined towards different things, that they were basically like the... Like a superior race. Yeah, they were a superior race. Right. And by the end of it, she'd actually convinced the audience that this was Mm -hmm. true, and they all turned on each other. Yeah. Oprah comes out into the crowd to start, like, talking to them, asking questions, and they're, like, adamant. The people with blue eyes are adamant that they are smarter than the Uh people with brown eyes, and the people with brown eyes are flipping out. And, like... They legitimately have brainwashed the audience within an hour, right? 40 minutes into thinking that blue eyes were superior to other eye colors. Yep. And she was like, at the end of it, she goes, and that's how, that's basically how racism is taught. Right. You're just told you're better. Yeah. And right. you're convinced or of you're, this in no time flat. Less than, right. And you guys buy into it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. <sighs> Back in the day. Good old Oprah. There's, uh, yeah, Oprah just, oh, man. So I, I, there's, you guys, you have to join the group because I can't post uh, an hour-long episode (laughs) anywhere else. (laughs) But if you Google this episode of Oprah's, it's, uh, you, you will see the summary of some of the statements that were made during that day. I think it's important to see the entirety of it. And I found it on an archive of a university's website. So I'll be posting that entire video. That's from, uh, I, I want to say Atlanta, like University of Atlanta yeah, or something, probably. their ar- archives. This kind of thing is important for those of you who don't think it's important because it happened back in 1987. Please understand point. that like, I was just like, I was a couple years away from being born at this point. Yeah. This is really not all that long ago if it's happening in your lifespan. And even prior to that, if it's happening in your parents' lifespan. Like, this is something that is still so relevant. And for something that took 70-something years to change and to have a black person come back into that community, you can imagine that the consequences of that kind of thing are going to take longer than just 20 years to fix. Yep. It is still relevant. You have to understand where you came from. And, and the like, first step is to educate yourself and yeah. learn that and learn know your you history. From. Yeah. Break the cycle because someone in your family, someone you know has different views doesn't mean you have to do it or teach it on to your offspring or to, you know, whoever you might be influencing in your life because it could just be a friend. I'm not saying you have right. to have kids to influence better people into the world, but it could be a friend, it could be a relative, it could be a coworker. So, right. if you want to educate yourself, I highly highly suggested because and this is the kind of thing that takes good. generations to break like you said right you have people that were part of those protests that were protesting as an effort to keep their city all white mm-hmm. that are still alive and living right. in that city because if they were 15 16 years old at the time they're only 30 years older now right 
that's it. So they're in their 40s. Yep. They're the people running those towns, owning those businesses. They're the people having babies right now hopefully, and raising their kids. It gives me chills. Hopefully, I can, I can hope and I can wish that maybe things have changed. Obviously, there's black people living there. Yeah. But. But we're talking about a generational issue with that generation right. still being entirely relevant. And not, we're not targeting just Georgia. Please know that. It's just, obviously, oh God, that's no. what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, we're talking about climates in general and history right. in general and cities in general. I think that's it, though. Okay. Obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot of holes in the story. There's a lot of, I think, misinformation yeah. or inform- incomplete, incomplete information. Mm-hmm. information. Like I said, there's different stories or accounts about, for example, right off the bat, like Madeline, the, first of all, we know for sure that's who found her, right? That's who we're saying found her. Right. But there's two different, completely different accounts of how she found her. I mean, yeah. if you're inside the house, that's one thing. If you're outside the house, that's another thing. Like, it's not, I saw her through my sliding door, walked out. So you would just say, oh, you know, I walked out. Like th- they're different things. Yeah. The her being face down, her arm, her injuries. She has a ruptured ventricle, like her heart. Yeah. So there has to be some trauma there. Yeah. And I just think I'm so glad that they're reopening this case. I hope that the people involved in this provide answers yeah that makes sense complete answers please don't just tell us there's nothing on the video tell us what is on the video show us the video yeah show it i want to see it release it they should have released that as part of the public records request yeah but i think people have a real opportunity here to do the right thing so tell us if you have any theories uh on what may have happened to tamla that night anything we would we might have missed anything yes i'd I I don't want to misinform, so again, I'm not a professional reporter or journalist. I did my best. There's a lot of information to go through, but we're if you podcasters. Have, yeah, seriously, we're in a small little room here. But if you have any other new information that um, you think would be relevant, let us know. Share mm-hmm. what you what your thoughts are. I think everyone deserves some answers. Her family. Boy, but, I'd be outraged. Yeah. And the father, her father, day of, they notified him same day. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, even the, the cop on, on the report said, you know, father had a lot of questions to the point where it was too many, you know, because he had gone and notified him. Hours later, the father called him and was like, hey, I got more questions. And then he's like, he had so many questions. I just told him to come in. So the dad, right off the bat, was like, something's not right. Like, yeah. my daughter's not suicidal. Right. Her death was not ruled a suicide. Well, look how many questions we had. I know. <laughs> Imagine if you're the parent and you actually know right. that person. Her husband hasn't spoken out, and I, I respect his privacy. I didn't even look up to see family pictures or you know, per, just personal pictures of her and, and her family and the kids. I don't want to put the kids out there. Yeah. Um, However, I will... Echo Billy Jensen's sentiments on this. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. I understand privacy and I respect how people process things. But at the same time, 
only you can advocate for you and your family. Yeah. And they have an attorney that's doing a damn good job. He good. put out a statement okay. um, that calls out the cops. Yeah, in this and case, I would be, and, you know, detectives, prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Like this is a whole. There's not just one person to blame. No, 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 all no, this. no. There's no. a lot of people. He 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 lays into them a little bit, and I mean, it's a public statement that he made, directed towards the department, and just letting them know, like, I think you did a shit job. That's my summary of it. But (laughs) verbatim, (laughs) right? Like you did a shit job. You did a huge injustice to not only Tama, to this community, to this family. So we need you to reopen. And that's when the sheriff reopened it. And, you know, there the family's attorney said, we're going to get to the fucking bottom of this. Yeah. Again, I'm adding my colorful language, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I would say I'm speechless, but I just talked forever about it. But there's just a lot. There's just a lot of information that I'm just like, ugh, how can you say a case is closed when really it's not yeah. ready to be closed? There's so many question Nowhere marks. Nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Show I me agree. the video. Hashtag show me the fucking video. I mean, I'm really, gonna add though. that to our hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag show me the fucking video. It really... I know. It's <laughs> baffling. It is baffling. Or, or at least show me... Fucking show, show me. me nothing going over the railing. Right. Anyway, before we start rambling, videos, everything like that, um, certain things will be posted on our public platforms. The more graphic and time-consuming things, like the videos and everything like that, Fatina will post over on the group. So go ahead and head over to those things. Uh, Start with the Instagram, and that is at a stranger danger podcast. Email us at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook using Stranger Danger colon a true crime podcast. Yep. (laughs) And the group, guys, this is, I can't say this enough. Kenzie hit it right on the head. It's not going to be stuff that's we it's we're setting this up because you are making the choice to expose yourself to what is in the group yes rather than it being forced upon you with a public platform my my idea is to give you my resources through this and in this case there is well that whole oprah episode there's the autopsy report the accident report there is crime scene photos there is um Although I didn't mention all the participants of the party, it's public record. And it's on the police report that we're going to post. So if you are want to look into it deeper and be a couch detective and say I started because of this, then have at it. Anyway, Stranger Danger, colon, Murder Lovers. That's where you're going to find all that stuff. If you haven't already joined, please do so. We will accept you right away. And Twitter. Give us like an hour. I Not know. like right away. I, know. I usually check it like every couple hours. You check it every couple hours. So give us an I'm, hour. Sorry. I'll set the expectation correctly. Give us 24 hours. <laughs> One of us will be in there by then. Uh, and Twitter is at SD True Crime Pod. Thanks for you guys to watch. Thanks for you guys to listen to. First of all, I need recommendations because yeah. I am at the point where I'm binging Big Bang Theory. Ooh. And Grey's Anatomy. And that's all I have going in my life. The other day I started Waco and it was actually super interesting, but I haven't gone back to it yet. Me too. So I don't know about that. There's a couple good documentaries on crime. 
They're really relevant to learning how we are in the current political climate that we are in right now. Okay. Just how some things have been brewing or have been ignored. Um, more specifically, they they go back to some of the riots that have happened in California. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, uh, for example, like the Rodney King riots. Okay. Um, and m- more riots that I didn't know that happened before I was born. Okay. So, just um, very eye-opening and Ooh. educational. So, maybe what we'll do is, obviously, we'll give you guys some recommendations right now, but on our Instagram page, which is plug at a stranger new podcast every saturday i've been posting a new small business we are posting all those things and saving them in a highlight reel on our instagram page that says shop on it so you can see it in the highlight reel on there and maybe what i'll do is i'll do another highlight reel that has like recommendations and then every week we can post like a suggestion to watch or a suggestion to listen to or something like that so be on the lookout for that i'll start working on that I have been listening to, uh, well, actually, I'll say binging. Uh, <laughs> We're not <laughs> casually listening. No, no, no. It's all or nothing. Uh, affirmative murder. Okay. These two guys are fantastic. They're funny. They're conversational. I love and that. And they are respectful. Okay. So it's a good... It's a good mix when when you you know when it com- comes to talking about true crime. It's it's good to to have a conversation and not just spit out facts. I like that. I like how they how they go back and forth. So I really like that. I mean, even while I was researching, I like I told you, it was hard to like pause them. I wanted to finish the dang episode, but I also wanted research. I needed to research. But I was like, ah, oh, they're so good. So I ended up listening to the entire episode. Go go give them a listen. They're, uh, <laughs> it's a great podcast. Okay. That's it. What are you listening to? <laughs> um, I have been listening to, I've been trying to branch out. Ooh. So I listened to, um, one episode in particular of one that I thought was really interesting. So I listened to this one called last day and it is by a woman whose brother died of an overdose. Oh, And so her kind of making sense of addiction and drug use and everything like that. But there was on her show, episode 17, it's called Trauma. And it's with Dr. Gabor Mate. And he's a trauma expert. And he said something to me that was like, it leveled me. He said that addicted people or people that suffer with addiction are always found to have trauma. But traumatized people are not always found with addiction. Hmm. So the underlying theme with addiction is always going to come back to trauma, which I thought was really interesting. That is really interesting. Um, And it was kind of like, it kind of shook me a little bit. But when I'm feeling like I need something a little happier in my life, (laughs) I listen to the (laughs) podcast Must Be Nice, which has Katie from YouTube. She's a beauty influencer. It's K-A-T-Y. And her husband, John... And they, she has her beauty YouTube channel. He does one that's a little bit more lifestyle. They do a podcast called Must Be Nice. 
And it's really funny on there because like their title is very like flippant. It's like, oh, must be nice. Like, oh, oh you have the, you you drive a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm, must be nice. <laughs> and so they talk about kind of more like lifestyle stuff and like home improvement regrets and like having kids and like the pressure of that. And uh, yeah, I just like that one is really interesting to me <laughs> and just kind of like a funny comedic break. So when I'm not sitting there contemplating like the wonders of the world and stresses you want <laughs> to hear go to that one you want to hear what my alternative to true crime is what ghost stories that's not an alternative <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a, those are in the same genre I, think. I can listen to him all day long it's uh anything ghost <laughs> oh my gosh i like that name i love it anything ghost is they've that a been, podcast yeah they've been on for a long 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 time but it's it's fantastic stuff and people write in all the time so they're all listener stories so it's really cool to have like up to five six different stories so if you're doing something you can you know if you zone out for a second you can Mm. jump right back in it it's really cool i might give it a listen just because i like the title of it (laughs) we are different people yes All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay safe. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.